opinions expressed in this podcast are individual and are not necessarily representative of Spirit Live or Toronto Metropolitan University. Thank you for listening. Episode 2, here we are. This is Rock the Boat. I'm, of course, your host, Liam Boatsmith, here to guide you through the waters of the sports world. On deck today, I'll discuss the Denver Nuggets' chances of repeating as NBA champions, what's wrong with Brock Purdy and the 49ers, and also give a quick World Series update. They just finished up Game 2. It's October 29th. While I record this, you guys won't get this for another week or so, just because of the way that all that works at Spirit Live. Along with those topics, Walk the Plank will be back with three more teams slash people set to go overboard, plus another sink or swim, but this time looking at rookie quarterbacks in the back half of this NFL season. Let's get right into it. Can the Denver Nuggets repeat as NBA champions? Denver's had a hot start to the season. They've started right where they left off in last year's postseason, in which they lost just four games en route to the franchise's first title. Four games is, I think, one of the best postseasons ever. The Warriors, I know, in 2017 or 18, one of those loaded teams with Durant, went like 16 or 1 or something ridiculous like that. But uh, in the offseason, Denver lost a lot of their depth, specifically Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. So it's obviously too early to tell if these losses will prove significant come playoff time. But as of now, the team's results of the players who are filling in those roles have been pretty good. Veteran guard Reggie Jackson, who's assumed the six-man role that Bruce Brown was previously in, he's he's been good this season. He's played pretty well, averaging 12 points, going along with three and a half assists. He's been shooting the ball pretty efficiently. I'm not sure if I would expect that exact stat line to keep up. I mean, the last few years he hasn't really played up to that level, but who knows, right? Second-year man Christian Brown and Peyton Watson, they were both expected to take a jump for the Nuggets. It was well-known within kind of the NBA world that Mike Malone was really high on those two, and they've seen their roles elevated for sure. Brown began the season in a bit of a shooting slump, hitting just 20% of his threes and 30% of his shots in general, but after what he showed in the playoffs last year as a rookie making serious contributions to a championship run, I don't think this is much to worry about. He'll figure it out. I mean, we all probably remember his big, I think it was like an 18-point game in the finals against the Heat last year. Watson didn't really play at all last year in the postseason, and he averaged just eight minutes in the regular season. He's seen that jump to 14 and a half minutes a night. He's rangy, he's a defensive pest, and he's made his presence felt on that end of the floor, averaging two blocks a game and consistent, consistently disrupting the flow of the opponent's offense with his length. Now, having these guys playing at a high level is helpful, but but really, at the end of the day, Denver's chances of repeating are going to lie on the shoulders of Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Jokic, I mean, two-time MVP, he's doing his thing again, pretty much just what we expect from him at this point. 25.5 points, 9 assists, 12.5 rebounds, and their three wins this season. Murray's also started really well, averaging about 21 and 5.5 assists. You know, it's probably too early to make a definitive statement about whether or not they are going to win the title, obviously. I mean, it's only three games into the season. But if anyone was betting on some sort of championship hangover, I think it's safe to say already, you know, just three games in, that that's definitely not going to be the case. Now, as you guys know from last week when I gave my NBA predictions, I have Boston winning it all this year. And no, I'm not going to change my pick three games in. I like my finals matchup still of Boston and Golden State. 
Now, I would maybe be lying if I didn't admit that the Nuggets looking this good this early hasn't, you know, spooked me a little bit. But I'm, I'm still sticking with Boston Golden State. It's, it's way too early for me to be switching up like that. Bottom line to me, Nuggets are back. They're going to be a problem for the league. They're certainly amongst the top few teams in the league in terms of likelihood to win it all. What is wrong with Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers? Through week five of the NFL season, the 49ers looked like the best team in football, to be honest. They were 5-0, and they just dismantled a really good Dallas Cowboys team to the tune of 42-10. If you watched that game, it was an absolute drubbing. At the time, their second-year quarterback, Brock Purdy, had looked really good. Comfortable in the offense, he'd thrown for nine touchdowns and no picks. And then something happened. Since then, it's been anything but the same story, really. I mean, the 49ers are 0-3 in their past three games, and Purdy's thrown just three touchdowns and five interceptions. The offense has just scored 17 points in each of these losses, as Purdy at the helm has looked just lost, to be honest. And I mean, it's impossible to say exactly what's gone wrong for the 49ers over the past few weeks, but, you know, one thing's for sure, they need to get it together, and they need to do so fast. They've already lost the lead in their division to the 5-2 and two Seahawks, and they're also now just sitting in the second wildcard slot. I think just a game up on the Saints, and I can't think of it right now, but but another team is also 4-4 four four right behind them. Christian McCaffrey, their superstar running back, hasn't been at 100% for the past three games that they've lost. He's averaged just 13 carries a game as opposed to the 20 per game from weeks 1-5, to th- to five, which undoubtedly that's going to put more pressure on Purdy as the quarterback, but the extent to which he's regressed cannot nearly all be attributed to that. And honestly, with Sam Darnold breathing down his neck, you know, despite Purdy's great play at the beginning of the year, if he continues to struggle over the next couple weeks, I think there's really a, a real possibility that he could lose his starting spot. You know, the, the 49ers are built to win now, and if it's Purdy that's holding them back from that, I don't think Kyle Shanahan will have hesitate to make that switch. Welcome back to Walk the Plank, where we choose teams, players, organizations sometimes, I guess, who maybe had something a little embarrassing, played poorly, and they've got to walk the plank, go overboard. I want to give a, a shout out or an honorable mention to the 49ers and Brock Purdy. They absolutely deserve to be thrown overboard given their play as of late, but, you know, I just gave them their whole segment, so I think we're okay with that. Officially up first on Walk the Plank is football in New York in general. That game made me want to gouge my eyes. The Jets and the Giants pretty much just had a punt party back and forth in a game which neither team deserved to win. I wish they could have both lost, but, you know, instead, I guess I'll just have to settle with them uh, walking the plank. The Giants threw for seven yards. Yep. Yeah, seven yards the whole game. And almost one. Looked like they were going to win. It was a drive by the Jets with just 24 seconds left, getting them into field goal range that sent the game to overtime, which they would then hit another field goal to win at 13-10. This game was just a brutal watch and for that they both must walk the plank up next we have eastern conference playoff teams from last year in the nba now this is oddly specific 
but there are five teams in both the Western and Eastern Conference who don't make the playing games each year. And as of right now, all five of those teams in the East were in the playoffs last year. You got the Hawks, the Nets, the Cavaliers, the Knicks, and NBA finalist Miami Heat, who have all had rough starts to their seasons. Now, do I expect this to be the case when playoffs actually roll around? No. Is it still worthy enough for them to all walk the plank right now? Absolutely. Lastly, Kansas City Chiefs, welcome to the plank. You shall now walk it. The Chiefs lost to the Denver Broncos 24-9 as an under-the-weather Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions and no touchdown passes. To be honest, this was bound to happen eventually, seeing as the Chiefs had beaten the Broncos in 16 straight games. But given the state of Denver right now and the way they've been playing this season, I really don't think it should have been anytime soon. It definitely shouldn't have happened this week. Denver has the league's worst defense. They've been giving up 31 points per game and then held Kansas City to just nine. I mean, come on, that, that's embarrassing to be honest. That in and of itself, to me, is worthy of them walking the plank. World Series update. Texas took a wild game one of the World Series with a 6-5 win in the 11th inning. ALCS MVP Adolis Garcia crushed a ball to right field in the bottom of the 11th for the walk-off win. Before that, down two runs in the 9th inning, Corey Seager hit a two-run bomb to tie it up and send it to extras. And the Rangers ended up taking it, 6-5, one nothing lead in the series, until Arizona bounced back in Game 2 with a 9-1 thumping win. Now, by the time you guys are hearing this, the series will actually probably be over, I believe. But I just want to get this on record right now. I'm making my pick on October 29th. I'm taking Texas 4-2. I think they'll win, what's that, three of the next four games. So I'm just, I want to throw that out there. We'll see if I get that right in the next episode. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give a little update on that. Sink or Swim is back. This time... We have rookie quarterback edition. So I'll be looking at a, a few, really only three of the rookie quarterbacks from this year. And I'll pretty much be giving my thoughts on whether they will swim as in succeed or exceed expectations in the back half of the NFL season or sink as in not succeed. So for this segment, we have CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis. Now, starting with C.J. Stroud, I am taking him to swim. Stroud has been, I mean, he's been the best rookie quarterback up until this point in the season, for sure, I would say. You know, he's seemingly broken the Ohio State quarterback curse, stepping in right away in Houston and playing quite well. He's thrown for nine touchdowns, just one interception. He's got a 72.1 QBR, and he's just been really solid all around. He set a new record for pass attempts without an interception to start a career with 191, which shattered Dak Prescott's former record of 176. And he's developed great chemistry with receivers Nico Collins and another rookie, Tank Dell. And I expect this to continue. I, I think he's going to keep up the solid play as the year goes on. And, you know, I don't think the Texans are, are a great team, but I think CJ Stroud's going to keep playing well. And for that, I'm taking him to swim. Bryce Young, on the other hand, I'm going to say sink. This doesn't mean I think Bryce Young is a bust or that Carolina made the wrong decision by taking him over Stroud, but he just hasn't experienced the same early success as Stroud. To this point, he's got seven touchdowns, four interceptions, 
and his QBR is just 42.3. Now, he did actually just today play against Stroud's Texans and get his first NFL win as the Panthers are now 1-6. But all in all, he really hasn't, hasn't been that impressive. He has played better as of late with five touchdowns and just two interceptions in his last three games, including no picks in his last two. So, you know, the improvement is coming, and I definitely think he's going to grow throughout the year, but I just don't see him having the weapons or the protection in Carolina to really flourish and allow his talent to shine through. So for that, I'm taking Bryce Young to sink. Will Levis. Will Levis just got his first career NFL start, first NFL game time other than preseason, and he excelled. He threw for four touchdowns, no interceptions. The Titans won over Atlanta. And, I mean, he really made a strong case to keep the starting job or at least to be given a fair shot once Ryan Tannehill returns. I mean, I definitely don't expect consistent four-touchdown performances from him, but there was nothing in his game to suggest that if he does get to play, he won't succeed the rest of the season. So, Levis, I mean, he took his opportunity, he shined, and they have a real quarterback dilemma in, in Tennessee, you know, stick with Tannehill, who's, who's been their guy over the last four or five years, or, or let the young buck Will Levis play, and, and I'm sure he'll have a couple mistakes, let him work through them. So, Levis, I took him to swim. I think if he gets a chance to play, nothing to suggest that he won't, he won't do well. Also worth noting, Anthony Richardson is out for the year with an injury. It's hard to say if any of the other QBs from this year, any of the other rookies, will get quality playing time. So I just decided to keep it to those three for now. That's all I've got for you today. Make sure to tune in next week to hear me yap some more. Thank you for listening. I'm Liam Boatsmith, and this has been Rock the Boat.